0: Hey everyone, today me and Tete are going to be reviewing the newest movie on Disney Plus, Lightyear. And you know, this movie is really great actually, because <laughs> yes, I already said it, it's great. You know, a lot of us were not expecting it to be good because of the press, but me and Tete were pleasantly surprised by it.
1: We were. I am stunned. Why did it get such bad presses beyond me? it's brilliant. It's one of the best movies I have seen. It made me feel, you know what I mean? I have not had a good, great cinematic experience like that in a long time. In fact, in many moments, it kind of surpassed the uh, euphoria that I experienced with Batman this year, which Mm is staying a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: I was... You know, I actually thought it was better than Batman, too. It's more streamlined. I mean, it can't really be compared because it's completely different. And it was kind of for a different target audience in a way. But I would say that Lightyear is tighter than the Batman. And because it's shorter, I think the message is clearer, too. And it's a very powerful message, which, you know, unfortunately, the Batman didn't really have. It was just, oh, you know, he's no longer obsessed with vengeance. He just wants to be you know, a symbol of hope, which is what every superhero movie is about.
1: Very true. I mean, the Batman was brilliant in its own thing. Um, But, you know, the problem with the the Batman was that it's already carrying a legacy of an iconic superhero. And that already carries a lot of baggage with it. So it kind of prevents you from really enjoying it and savoring the triumphs in development. But meanwhile, with Lightyear, I mean, no offense to, well, actually, full offense to fanboys. I'm coming for blood, boys. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that it just totally denied all the canon. Honestly, slap another name on this, and it's a brilliant piece of cosmism. It's just It really is. Definitely. And, you
0: know, I love how it's anti-nostalgia too. I think one of the things that we noticed was that, you know, it's not a lot like the Toy Story buzz. And there's no problem with that. But that's why a lot of people got angry because they were expecting a live, well, not a live action. I should say, you know, a more 3d, more, um, well animated version of the two thousands, uh, series
1: called Buzz Lightyear of star command, which. Okay. I'm coming for fanboys again. Cause I really don't care anymore. They they can come after me. I'm out for lion lioness for blood. Um, that was kind of just your average morning, Saturday morning cartoon, and Disney had turned a lot of those kind of like. Now, yes, some of them were iconic, like like Doug or Recess. And, and this one is, though, it's just like around the mid-2000s. It just feels like a franchise ripoff, you know, kind of like um, The Emperor's New School or something. That's how I felt it was. It probably
0: was from what I've seen of it. Um, on youtube it does not look well animated it really does feel like you know a gimmick because you know her story was all the rage back then and they wanted to make a tv series a cartoon series to attract some of those people and also to get kids to buy more merchandise which was you know a big thing back in the 2000s
1: that was a very big thing in the 2000s and 90s kind of starting from the late 80s a lot of cartoon series were just geared for like gimmicks, you know, for kids to buy the toys and stuff kind of like, um, 80s, he man or something.
0: Exactly. I think this is why, you know, someone actually analyzed this on YouTube. Nineties and 2000s stuff were actually not that great. I know a lot of nostalgic people say, Oh, you know, it's so good. Everything from that time is so much better than anything that comes out now. But Like, in reality, some people don't feel that way. They feel like stuff from the 90s and 2000s was mostly done to get merchandise, to get people to buy merchandise. But a lot of stuff that's created more recently is actually better thought out. I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the overly political stuff. I'm talking about the other stuff that is produced with care to the story and the characters, not just, you know, for the political message.
1: Exactly. I think a lot of people have these rose-tinted glasses. They're wearing horse blinders, if you will, because of the nostalgia. And honestly, when I look back on nostalgia, I think we're just thinking about the sensation it caused for us as little kids watching, you know, these bright, colorful cartoons and the stories and everything. But now when you watch it as an adult, honestly, for me, it's lost its fizzle. And I've seen... Not not a lot, but I've seen a few um, works that have recently come out that have really wowed me um, a lot better than... Well, okay, I, for example, not animated, but a lot of people want to talk about, oh, these 90s fantasy series were better, like Xena, Warrior Princess, or Hercules. But honestly, I feel like something like recently The Witcher... I think that is a lot better than Zena and Hercules put together. It's it's psychologically compelling. It's wonderfully done. Um, so that's that's one case in point. I think people were just thinking of like cheesy pickup lines and banter and you know um, anachronistic jokes because everybody was trying to follow the Aladdin formula for, for everything for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Did this movie change how you perceived Buzz? Do you think Buzz, especially in, you know, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, was he more of a typical superhero? Well, not superhero, but like a hero that is like a superhero, you know, very inspirational, optimistic and, you know, just really, you know, the, the whole, oh, I must do this.
1: You know, this is, you know, our duty, like that kind of character. I feel like the buzz from Star Command, I feel like he was more of a comic ploy, to be honest. I know people are going to get mad. Maybe he had some inspirational speeches peppered now and then. But honestly, he felt like a very um, boastful, swaggering braggart, honestly, and just way too smug for his own good, telling way too many jokes and a bit of an arrogant moron. I'm sorry, fanboys, but that's what I thought of him. And I even saw the flipping movie like like the direct the direct to VHS movie. I saw that flipping movie and I'm like, not impressed. not impressed. I, I just I mean I thought you know, it, it just seems so gimmicky and sci-fi. I mean, maybe there were some cool things in it. But honestly, not satisfying. Honestly, I it's kind of like eating Willy Wonka candy, e- you know, like the little nerds. It's nothing satisfying, <laughs> just little puppets.
0: Well, how about Buzz from Toy Story? I know it's different because they're from different universes because, you know, this light year, and I guess Buzz Lightyear of Star Command were supposed to be the movies and the shows that Andy watched from Toy Story. I and, and that inspired the creation of the toy in Toy Story. So, I mean, it makes sense for Buzz in this movie and Buzz
1: Lightyear of Star Command to be different from the Toy Buzz, right? Definitely different. I mean, it makes sense, too, because Toy Buzz, while still arrogant, he wasn't as unbearable as Buzz of, of Star Command because the Toy Story Buzz, he was more earnest. Uh, once he got over his naivety and realized he was a toy, he embraced the role, and he also engendered his friendship with Woody and he was always mm-hmm. willing to listen to Woody and I, I appreciate that kind of uh, genuine um, humility from Buzz. I mean it's, it's just it's just a nice humbleness from Buzz. I, I enjoyed the character of Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story uh, trilogy. I don't consider the fourth one Toy Story canon. I'm sorry. I hate it. I never want to think about it. Toy Story 3 You know, just completing the trilogy was brilliant. I don't know why Pixar had to do a money grab and then number four, but that's neither here nor there. But that said, I don't consider Buzz Lightyear of Lightyear to be related to any of these characters. Maybe there are some idiosyncrasies from Toy Story Buzz that I see with Buzz, like some phrases or the way, you know, he likes to narrate things or you know, the fact that he always wants to record everything. That's about it. Other than that, this is a very full-fledged, wonderfully drawn out male character. And in many ways, vastly, I I hate to compare because it's like apples to oranges, but in many ways, more substantial and rewarding than the constant you know emo-ness from pattison's bruce which i know it's not a fair comparison but we're talking about movies that really rattled us to our hearts core this year i agree i actually didn't
0: really like um battinson that much i mean i thought he was okay but i wasn't focused on him i was mostly in it for the riddler because he was so twisted and also you know there was some damn good acting i loved his expressions and how he was able to
1: tear into batman I love that too. And also, I mean, I love Patterson's Bruce, you know, no lie. But I loved all the other characters. I love Commissioner Gordon. I loved, um ironically, you know, Car- Carmine Falcone. I mean, he just felt like a real mafia boss. Like, you felt mm-hmm. bad for him, but at the same time, he was a dick. And then you didn't know how to feel for him. And even the penguin felt a little sympathetic. But like, yeah, he's doing crimes, but. You know, he doesn't want to be violent or anything. He just mm-hmm. wants to shake your hand and ask why you're here, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I ac- yeah. Everyone was really well fleshed out in um the Batman. Yeah. I think, ironically, I liked everyone more than I did Battenson himself.
1: That's true. I think it's because, you know, Bruce is just being an emo little shit.
0: <laughs> and like I said, his motivation's never good. Like, it's just, oh, my parents. And now I have to brood for, you know, 20 years.
1: Exactly. I like how in this movie, though, it makes you question whether or not it was for his parents or the fact that maybe he was demented like the Riddler himself. And I love how the Riddler just tore into that, you know. Exactly. And this is why a lot of
0: fans didn't like it because, you know, it kind of ruined their fantasy of him being, you know, this vengeance god when he actually might be doing it for more selfish reasons or maybe not even selfish. Like he is demented or something.
1: Yeah. And he's just... He's just as wild as the Riddler, and I, I just loved how the Riddler tore into that. That was brilliant. I just <laughs> loved him deconstructing Batman.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, right, but yes, you know someone was also deconstructed in Lightyear, which is Buzz himself by the villain. And guys, if you are not okay with spoilers, just skip ahead. Do not listen to this part. Uh, or, well, I don't know. I we're probably going to mention it for the rest of the podcast too. So, but yeah. He's going to be challenged repeatedly by someone
1: who is very similar to himself, who is the villain. The villain is so amazing. Best villain, hands down. Give an award to this villain because this villain was so blastedly terrifying. I mean, it shook me to the core. It did, because, you know, when you first
0: see Zerg, you think he's just another big robot who's there for no reason. But you do get kind of suspicious because he's always out to get Buzz and no one else. And, you know, he's not as violent as you would think he is. He's not setting fire to the settlement and just killing the other people who are sur- who are surrounding Buzz like, you know um izzy and the others for example he actually lets go of them and doesn't care about them he only wants buzz so that kind of raises your attention because you wonder why this person is so fixated
1: on buzz exactly that raises suspicion right away and then when he's right you know he's right he has buzz corner he doesn't attack him he extends his hand to shake and then the big reveals when it opens like omg Right. And, you know, people who watched Toy
0: Story would expect that to be his father, right? Because people took it literally. Well, some people did when they watched that elevator scene in Toy Story where Zerg says, I am your father. And then Buzz is like, no, like people think that is
1: canon, but we don't know. We never know. Right. We don't know. And also you have to remember Pixar, like Disney does a lot of parodies of franchises. They were obviously making fun of the whole Star Wars scene, you know, like where, you know, Luke says, you killed my father. He says, no, Luke, I am your father. No. Yeah,
0: exactly. So who exactly is it? You can reveal it. It's not his father, even though it kind of looks like it from
1: the beginning. It's Buzz himself from an alternate timeline. And you know what? They did alternate timeline way better than red sun this is how you should do definitely i hated how red sun was done and also the time loop was
0: insane and you know this has a time loop too but it was so much better done it
1: was and um unlike red sun where you're mad that superman doesn't die it's interesting how buzz himself in this alternate timeline doesn't die but he just continues on this continual loop until he gets you know like old and has to support himself by this mecca and it's almost slightly you know Evangelion in a way
0: it is it really is especially since it's so psychological and i think this is why some fans were pissed off they didn't think this was a movie for kids you know because this movie was marketed as the movie that got andy to buy the toy right So they were expecting something like Transformers, you know, with an epic fight and none of the psychological stuff where, you know, people's psyches are kind of deconstructed. That's too much for a kid, they think.
1: And I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like kids could handle this per se, because I think um, I think kids today have a lot more perception than, say, you and I did in the 90s to a degree. But honestly, I feel like Pixar trying to do a real money grab with nostalgia and say, this is the movie that Andy saw. I feel that was a wrong move. And Mm. honestly, I feel like it bit them right on the butt. It really does. Yeah.
0: When you try to appeal to nostalgists, it's going to be difficult because they have very narrow standards of what is acceptable. And if you kind of go off that, they they're not going to like it because they have a very set idea of what they want to see, which is basically Buzz Lightyear of star command with updated graphics. Right.
1: Exactly. That's all they really wanted, Um, which is sad because, you know, I think what impressed me the most about this story was how realistic it felt. Everybody felt human, fleshed out. No one is a comical ploy, even even a very, you know, comical character like Mo. You feel sympathy for him because he's trying his best, but at the same time, he doesn't want to be a hero. Mm -hmm. He just wants to find an easy job and just, you know, kind of uh, plug, plug it away, Sam, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everyone is very well fleshed out and sympathetic and not, you know, a caricature, unlike a lot of these Saturday morning cartoons
1: where everything just seems to be a joke. Everything is a joke in these Saturday morning cartoons. They might get like an emotional scene, but honestly it's just emotional shorthand and then you're laughing about it like a few seconds later with some stupid pun.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I I never watched those, but I did I I did do my research for this video. I did watch, you know, a couple of Buzz Lightyear Star Command clips to see what it's all about and it's like you described there's a lot of puns. And you know what? The animation looks so bad. Honestly, it looks like something from 1991. I did not expect it to be 2000.
1: I didn't either. I um, even something like The Emperor's New School was better animated, or the Aladdin series from the 90s, or the the Hercules Hercules series from the uh, from the late 90s. Those were better animated, ironically. Or even the Little Mermaid animated series was better animated, ironically.
0: But yeah, and people were saying there was a conspiracy to wipe out Buzz Lightyear of Star Command and promote Lightyear instead because they couldn't find Buzz Lightyear of Star Command on major streaming networks. But, you know, Lightyear has already come out. I think
1: that's rubbish. I think it's because it was just one of those such an obscure franchise of Disney animation for television that nobody can. And also... Why aren't people crying about the other ones? Like, I I don't see anybody yelling about Chippendale Rescue Rangers or Tailspin. Tailspin (laughs) fans. Any Tailspin fans out there? You ask
0: them. I'm pretty sure there's all kinds of obscure cartoon fans on Reddit. But, I mean, I guess people aren't talking about it because, you know, Pixar hasn't announced that there's going to be this huge, you know, beautifully animated movie, and, you know, people get crazy about (laughs) that.
1: Exactly. So... I don't think there's any conspiracy. I do think Pixar made a faux pas claiming this is the movie that Andy watched. That mm-hmm. is their first faux pas. I think if they would have maybe changed the name, maybe changed the designs a little bit, and called it something else, it might have worked. However, Pixar, I, okay, I want to say fans, you brought this on yourself. Anytime people try to do anything fresh or original, you throw a temper tantrum now maybe earlier it wasn't like that because you know other pixar movies were were well received critically although they did not perform commercially well pixar films such as up and other pixar films of that nature didn't quite well perform because they didn't have a merchandising uh, slant to it so as a result while they may have been critically successful they were not commercially successful. And also to, to any to all adult fans who like Pixar, you know, try to let go of the of the kitty Saturday morning cartoon vibe. I mean, yes, we all have nostalgia for that time. Yes, we all ate ridiculously colored sugar fortified cereal that made our teeth rot, and now we're paying for it through, you know, our adult dental bills. But be open to new and fresh original storytelling. Try to support it and fanboys. Stop whining over some obscure nostalgia. No one ever talked about this. There wasn't an extreme fan base, except maybe one or two obscure deviant fan art bases or some obscure fan art on Tumblr like ye back in the day. Um, so yes, support original storytelling. I hope Lightyear gets a second success through streaming. It's it's bloody brilliant. I love it. I know. I love it
0: it's so sad that it was also politicized for one scene that was like five seconds it barely five seconds like and I, there was nothing controversial about it and yet you see you know little mermaid you know hunchback of notre dame those were more sexual and the kiss I'm scenes were sexy. way longer way longer but it's okay because it's not gay right and it wasn't exactly. even sexualized or anything or in your face. It wasn't like they were waving rainbow flags and saying, hey, if you don't like this, you're a bigot. Or they're saying, hey, Buzz, you're a bigot because you're not gay. Like They're not forcing the narrative, as they would say.
1: No, they're not. For heaven's sakes, there was nothing remotely sexual in this. They weren't even holding hands. Um, (coughs) Disney has had way more sexualized stuff with all the princesses, not to mention I can't believe how erotic Pocahontas was. That is so problematic. I don't know how they let Oh my gosh, I watched this like when I was what? 4. How did how did anybody get away with this? Mm-hmm. It's just way too sexualized. Even and like you said Hunchback in Notre Dame, I mean uh Esmeralda is kind of performing pole dancing literally. I mean, I haven't watched it. I mean, I'm
0: just, I'm just regurgitating what people have said. Yeah, I, I actually never watched any uh, Disney except for my little mermaid but yeah um, that's off the topic but my point is that um yeah I mean people are making this into you know this sort of political thing all because you know certain political pundits and channels have been constantly blowing this out of proportion unfortunately and that's ruined lightyear like when people think lightyear now they're gonna be like oh no I'm gonna get this woke brigade of you know constant lecturing that I'm a bigot but it's not that.
1: It's not. There was no lecturing in this whatsoever. You know, what we saw was a very moving development of, you know, of of, um, just a very moving development of a relationship between two people that was implied. And they're building a life for them on this planet. And they have a child, whether that was adopted or, you know, whatever means have you just a loving, normal family. And it did not once feel politicized. It did not feel like it was preaching to me. It was just done very tender. And we get to see Alicia have a very fulfilling life. And that makes her death all the more poignant um, because Buzz did not get to enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But also, too, it's satisfying because, you know, Alicia had done so much for the settlement and she was such a remarkable leader. And, you know, she's also wonderful with her family. I mean, look at the Mm -hmm. legacy with her son and, and granddaughter, you know.
0: Exactly. And that was the point with, you know, her and her partner. I think people miss that. People are like, oh, why was that necessary? That didn't need to be there. But it was trying to show you that Alicia had a full life and a family. While Buzz was, you know, unfortunately kind of wasting his his life. Well, actually other people's life because he only aged seconds, but they wasted like, you know, 20 years or something, basically trying to, you know, get them out of there. But then his life, you know, well, everyone's life went by super fast while his slowed down. So then everyone, you know, died pretty quickly compared to him and he didn't really age at all. So then he just ended up missing those people's lives and he erroneously believed that, oh, Alicia missed out on so many things when it was him that missed out on so many things due to the different time that he was in. Because every time he goes up to space, you know, what's four minutes for him up there is four years down below.
1: Yes. And think about, like, he's 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 done that for a week. That's 28 years, like, gone by. 30 years, you know, or, or more. more. Mm -hmm. And um, just to, you know, and he's truly, you know, wasted his life away. And, you know, people have made full lives on this planet. And I think this movie also delivers a beautiful message that a lot of times we want to escape to something or we think there's a shining hill beyond a point. But sometimes where we've landed or where life has put us at the moment, we need to make the best of it and find each day rewarding and fulfilling and make each day full because mm-hmm. there's no point in, in in waiting for that one special moment or that one special period where everything's okie doke and you know we've won the golden uh we've we we've we've caught the brass ring on the merry-go round no make make every day where you are full and rich and this exactly. is what this is what everybody did on the settlement.
0: Exactly. And I think this is the real lesson of Lightyear, not, oh, my God, another canned bullshit about, you know, a loner who finds the meaning of friendship. I mean, that's part of it, but that's not the main lesson. For me, the lesson was, like you said, you know, you know, stop dreaming about something that's out of reach and maybe just focus on now and realize that there's a lot of things that can be accomplished right in front of you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think, too, the the importance of a person questioning erroneous beliefs that they held like for mm-hmm. example in the beginning buzz is kind of arrogant and he's he can't stand rookies he has no respect for them exactly um, but at the end he decides to have a team of rookies because they had they really proved their salt and worth because you know, they they were they were given that opportunity to shine and show what they're made of, and I I love too that you know he, he was even open to learning to work with you know artificial navigation because before he's like ah oh, no screw mm-hmm. that but if we listened to the warnings to the machine in the first place we wouldn't have this problem you know?
0: exactly right I think it's like he kind of is more integrated with his surroundings too. Before he was just so obsessed with his own subjectivity and
1: his own beliefs and his own ideals. Exactly. I, I loved how this made him question, you know, all of his subjectivity, which was kind of founded in fallacy and was erroneous. And he was willing to learn and look at things from a different perspective than apply these lessons um not that he's compromising anything about himself but he's learning to work with what's around him and he discovers that there were good things hidden underneath the surface of many things he wanted to dismiss
0: exactly but yes this was a beautiful movie i really hope more people watch it on disney plus and hopefully if it comes out on other platforms as well
1: please supported people. If you want substantial storytelling, something beautiful and moving, as well as suspense that keeps you on the edge of your seat. I was literally like crying and, and yelling in some of these scenes. Like I was five years old. Um, you know, just imagine a 30 year old grown woman yelling at a screen. Um, then please, for the love of everything <laughs> substantial and aligned with the world, Please watch Lightyear. I I think it's it's definitely a movie. I think that will shake you to your heart's core, and it'll be one of those movies that maybe maybe it'll change you for the better. I I, I mm-hmm. hope everybody watches Lightyear.
0: I know exactly. I think we might have another um roundtable about this with our friend Hallivorn, who also really liked it, and she didn't understand why so many fans were disappointed by it.
1: I think we definitely need to have another roundtable discussion because this movie's so good; it deserves another review. Because we have to pair into more things, like just <laughs> dig into more beauties of this of this track. Right, and I think there's a comparison to be made between
0: um, these people who are ripping into Lightyear for, you know, quote unquote, corrupting the character that they had in their mind, and also, I guess you would say, some of the superhero fans that
1: we've talked about. Silver Age Superman fanboys, I'm coming after you. <laughs> and also Snyderverse and Snyderverse, like I mean, pro Snyderverse or anti Snyderverse. I think both of them are kind of problematic. That's true. I mean, here's the thing: both sides of fans are problematic. I, I will I will say that because even pro Snyder, they're like, oh, Snyder's the best. No, Snyder has flaws beautiful cinematography but honestly zach if you happen to listen to this podcast i if you feel frustrated as a director please go back to being an artist
0: (laughs) yeah i think the problem is that he tries to cram too much in but that's another topic for another video we need to dive into that later on after i watch batman versus superman which Um. i still haven't because honestly it, it looks like a mess it's not my cup of tea. Like, too many things are happening at once and you know I don't like that kind of stuff.
1: That's true. I mean, okay, o- o- on the flip side, you will enjoy the performances of Jesse Eisenberg and Jeremy Irons. <laughs> They're the only ones I'm looking forward to. I don't like his
0: portrayal of Batman from what I've seen and oh the the whole contrivance of forcing the two to fight does not make any sense. It does mean quote epic.
1: It's like, I mean, I know Luther makes this, this speech about why he's doing it. But honestly, Luther, like, wouldn't you rather do something to make more money or I know. Uh, prove a point with money? You're all it about making any Red. sense.
0: Yeah, it's just, oh, he's like, what, a five-year-old boy who wants to see his two favorite heroes duke it
1: out? No, it's more or less like he wants to prove a point that the concept of godship is that it is corrupt. Or not entirely powerful so he wants to show that it is not without cracks in the virtue or that it is not totally omnipotent as we would think it is and he wants to challenge this idea of humanity against divinity mm-hmm. and he wants to contrasting concepts of batman oh. and superman so you know that's the thing i don't know lex just has a stupid chip on his shoulder and i mean i enjoy lex's character but honestly his motivations is, is dumb as heck and that makes me mad because lex is usually when he's done right he can be a really compelling mm-hmm. character as we've seen in stuff like right. age of wonder and red sun you know
0: yeah so. we're, we're gonna close this in a few minutes but just one last thing i think snyderverse has a problem with motivations superman also has no motivations as one youtuber said he's boring in snyderverse because he never makes any decisions for himself. You know, when Zod comes down, of course he's going to
1: fight him. What else is he going to do? That's very true. That's that's the big flaw in Snyderverse. And you know what, just to bring this back to dear old Buzz, everyone here has really great motivations because yes, they are faced with impossible situations, but they make voluntary choices. People on the settlement choose to make full lives. Like, they are not desperate to go back to Earth because they've made a comfortable living on the settlement, and they feel enriched and fulfilled. And, um, you know, even, even like the new commander who takes after Alicia, he puts up this force field so they don't have to deal with all the bugs and vines, you know, mm-hmm. just to make everything a lot more comfortable and, and convenient and safe and um, good motivations for everyone. I mean, e- even... Buzz's fallacial motivations, they're a lot more compelling because he feels responsible. He has that guilt that he trapped everybody on this inhospitable planet and exactly. he's so desperate to get everybody back. Um, So he takes on the heavy mantle of, of being the loner hero, you know, like, oh, this is my fault, so I have to do it myself. He, so he's like Atlas,
0: mm-hmm. but then he
1: realizes there was nobody to save, in fact, if anything, people found more fulfilling lives on this planet than they would have back on earth.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much, Tete. I can't wait to talk more about this. I can't wait either. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Bye.